Hello and welcome to the Toddcast. Um, <clears throat> today, um, for no particular reason, uh, except that this is a topic that's bouncing around in my head for a while and thought I wanted to talk about, uh, we are going to discuss uh, mental health. Um, and I'm immediately, you know, drawn to think about, you know, me saying we are going to discuss in the context of me talking to myself in the car, um, which we'll just start off with that. Uh, you know, a lot of people will, will kid around and say, you know, people who talk to themselves, you know, that's, that's the first sign of them, you know, losing their marbles. And, uh, I disagree with that notion. Um, I've known quite a few people who have, uh, you know, been known to talk to yourself. It can be helpful. Um, there, you know, are, bits of your brain that are activated by speech that can, you know, help you remember things or, or work through something by, you know, verbalizing those items. Um, and, you know, as the cast here goes on, we can talk about, you know, how that relates to me and my overall mental stability. Um, but I've talked to myself for you know, as, as long as I can remember. Um, I mean, I... Even as a kid playing, you know, you have dialogues, you know, between your action figures or, or whatever. Or just when you're, you know, doing your own thing and you're talking to yourself. There, There's nothing wrong with that. And it, it kind of upsets me uh, when people, you know, give people grief for doing so. Uh, particularly when it involves, you know, children. Um, let, let, let the little fellas do what they're going to do. Um, it's not hurting anybody. Uh, I mean, if they're, you know, holding on both sides of a conversation, you might want to, you know, see what that's about. They could just be, you know, imaginative and holding both sides of a conversation, or it could be, you know, something, you know, deeper, in which case, you know, consult a professional, but jumping immediately to, hey, Pete, this guy's talking to himself, he must be crazy, is, is, is unnecessary uh, stigma <laughs> and, uh, you know, pretty poor ar armchair psychology. So let, let's not do that. Um, but now that we've gotten that out of the way, um, you know, it, it's, it's important for uh, all of us to have, you know, discussions and, and open dialogues about um, mental health. Um, as, you know, it's it's an invisible problem, you know, issue for a lot of people. Uh, you know, somebody you know, breaks their arm or leg or, you know, gets gets slashed up by something, you know, has a some sort of, you know, disease that's got them hacking and uh, coughing and whatnot. That's that's pretty obvious. You, you can see that that person's, you know, in a bad state and you can, you can help them out, but, you know... Somebody who's got got some problems on the inside, um, that doesn't necessarily show. Um, and those people oftentimes, you know, need our support just as much, if not more. Um, and so I think it's you know it's it's good to to talk about these things, you know, with with your friends, with your loved ones, um, you know, approaching random strangers, and and you know. Asking them about their dreams is perhaps not the best plan, but if that's your your thing and the other person's into it, go to it. 
Uh, I'm talking more in line with, you know, those close to you <laughs> and, you know, being available and helpful to them in their hours of need. Uh, but, you know, you do what you like. Um, I guess to, to kind of throw this into some context um, and, you know, what with this being my podcast where I talk about, you know, mainly myself and my experiences, we'll, we'll go ahead and, you know, insert me into the the topic of the day uh being mental health um and talk a little bit about my you know my sort of history and background there um probably i would say from about puberty on um generally speaking i you know i'm i'm okay i'm good i can cope um around puberty or so I would say I started to um, experience what I would later, you know, find out and have diagnosed as uh, bipolar disorder. Um, I think that, you know, depending on, you know, who's listening to this and at what point in my life you've known me, if you have, that's not necessarily a surprise. Um, For others who, you know, have known me, you know, more recently, that's, that's probably, you know, a bit of a shock. Um, you know, you say bipolar disorder, and people who are at all familiar with it tend to have, you know, an immediate, you know, thought as to what that means and what that looks like. Um, and I guess that's, that's maybe bullet point one, is that, you know, oftentimes, you know, what you think you know about a disorder um, is not necessarily true. Um you know, not all autistic people are are like Rain Man. Not you know, not all you know people who are depressed necessarily um, you know come across as you know overly gothy um, and sad all the times. Uh, you know, folks folks exhibit different behaviors and you know different things based on what they've got going on. There, there's no sort of catch-all. So you know, you, you you say bipolar to some people and they they just expect that, oh, the raving madman one second, you know, crying, you know, bag of sadness, you know, the next, and sure, that that does, you know, account for some of it for some people, but that's not necessarily, you know, the lump sum total of everyone's experience. Um, like I said, it wasn't a thing that I even knew about or recognized as being that for many, many years. Um, like I said, when I, you know, was in high school, um, you know, it, it, it was, I had a little bit of a rough go uh, of high school. Um, I, you know, our family did not have a lot of money. Um, I did not have a lot of, you know, the nicer things. Um, I was, you know, not particularly popular or athletic. Um, I was smart, but that only gets you so far in school in terms of social circles. Um, not a particularly attractive lad. Um, not not good with the ladies. Um, you know, and when you're a teen, all of those things kind of, you know, can, can team up on you and, and make you a little blue. Um, and that's, you know, that's that's to a degree to be, you know, expected. Um, there were definitely points where it hit me harder, uh, than others. Um, and I think that there were points where that hit me a little harder, um, than probably your typical, uh, 
youngster who would have been in similar circumstances. Um, there was a fair bit of my my youth uh, where there was um, periods where I, I, I seriously questioned uh, my faith um, and or was, for lack of a better word, persecuted uh, for such, or rather for my lack thereof. Uh, and maybe that's that's a discussion for a whole other um, podcast that we, we can come back to later. Uh, but that also tended to to weigh in on things. Um, but you know, I'd get I'd get bummed out, and I would uh, you know put myself up in my room and you know just listen to music and 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 be all morose, or you know slap a cassette into the Walkman and go for you know a walk. Uh, and when I say walk, we're we're talking you know forty five minute hour long throughout all of the streets of my town walk, like, journeys, not just a quick, you know, hop, skip, and jump around the block. Um, and that helped. Um, and like I said, I didn't really think too much of it. Um, at points where, you know, I wasn't, um, you know, in sort of sad mode, um, I I would be what I would probably best describe as wacky um i feel like i've always had a pretty decent sense of humor um saying class clown puts puts maybe too much spin on the hey look at me look at me aspect of that which is not really you know what i was into back then but you know very much um very rambunctious very very high energy let's say um um kind of bounced off the walls uh, and it kind of shifted between, you know, one <laughs> one form or the other. Um, you know, and I used to kid around um, with people and say, you know, oh, I'm, I'm manic depressive because that's, that's what they called it back in the day. That's what I was familiar with. And, you know, there's a kick-ass, you know, Jimi Hendrix song about it. Um, and so that was the context I had for it, and it seemed to make sense. I would be, you know, all wacky, crazy, manic, and then there would be points where I'd get, you know, depressed, and it made sense, and you know, I, I never saw a shrink or anything uh, to um, get that diagnosis, but I knew myself well enough to, you know, kid around and say, ha-ha, that's, that's what it is. Um, you know, and that persisted through throughout high school and into college, Um I'd say it was probably around college that it dawned on me that it it seemed to be um, a little bit cyclical. Um, I would, uh, you know, be doing fine and and having good times and and everything was great and groovy. And then I would, you know, wake up one morning and just be, just just for no well-accounted reason, just be be bummed out. Uh, And... It's hard to describe, and I I can only imagine it's hard to comprehend if you've not experienced it yourself. But there were points in that, you know, depression type of mode that I would be in that I would actively seek to amplify it, if that makes any sense. Uh, you know, I, I would realize, you know, I'm, I'm 
bummed out right now, and uh, there would be a part of me that just said, fuck it, we're going to embrace this shit. And I would, you know, select a cassette for the Walkman, because that was the technology of the day, um, and I would pick, you know, whatever the the saddest uh, or depressing music I could put in there to go, you know, go on the walks, and I would drive myself deeper and and deeper into the darkness, as it were, uh, intentionally, with, with full knowledge that that's what I was doing, and, and that was the plan. Um, I'm, I'm happy to say that, you know, throughout all of the dark times, uh, so to speak, uh, throughout my life, I've, I've never... I've never taken it to the extreme of actually wanting to harm myself or or feel suicidal and and for that uh you know I'm I definitely consider myself lucky um others with similar conditions uh, are not so blessed um and I I don't want to you know diminish that aspect or or make light of that I I fully understand that, you know, that's, I got lucky on that front, um, but at the same time, it, it, you know, it, it, it was very real, uh, to me, the, the, the sadness, the depression, uh, you know, and I, for whatever reason, would just, you know, dive headfirst into it, um, it was, it was either that, or, uh, I would, you know, grab some, something, you know, particularly hardcore, uh, to throw into, uh, the music player, uh, you know, some, some Nine Inch Nails or Ministry was, was particularly, uh, effective for this purpose, and would just put on the headphones and just crank those sons of bitch up, bitches up until my ears, like, literally hurt. Um, I guess that's probably as close to harming myself as, as I would come, is just, you know, I, I am this miserable bag of whatever, and I'm going to punish myself. Um, and it's a weird thing to say out loud. Um, and again, if, if you've never experienced it, I imagine it's a weird thing to hear. Um, and I don't wish it on anyone. Um, but if you are listening and you know what I'm talking about, you, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and I guess for everyone else, just be aware this is a thing that happens. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, that person is, is trying to, you know, accomplish any particular goal. <laughs> uh, it's just a weird thing that, you know, maybe they need to, to help cope with things. And that's, that's kind of how that worked for me. Um, and like I said, I, I, I kind of found out or kind of discovered that, you know, this seemed to be a little cyclical. I would, I would you know, go into this, you know, bout of, of depression and it would last, you know, uh, a few days to a week. And then, again, without any necessary provocation or, or rationale, you know, I would suddenly be all good, and I'd be back to, you know, wacky, happy, fun, Todd, you know, have good times and, and, you know, just enjoying life with the rest of the world. Um, and it seemed to happen... Um, about every three, four weeks, uh, to the point where, you know, when I, while I was in the Navy, still had, you know, this, this 
condition persisted. Um, and the the fellas, um, jokingly but strangely accurately, uh, you know, they they first started, you know, referring to them as my black boots. Because uh, it was pretty obvious. I mean, when you're, when you're you know, kind of on your own, um, like when I was in high school, and I mean, I shared a room with my brother, but he's 10 years younger than me, and really, we didn't, like, hang out. So when I was up in my room, I was kind of up in my room by myself. You know, th- these kinds of things can get obfuscated. But, you know, when you're in a dorm room or in the barracks and you have a roommate, it's real obvious to that other person that, you know, you kind of flip the switch and, and, and your your whole, you know, demeanor and outlook has, has changed. Uh, it, it's real obvious to those folk. Um, and like I said, the, uh, the, the boys in the Navy, you know, originally dubbed it my black moods um, and eventually kind of honed in and locked into, you know, what I'm sure is, is not... Um, politically correct, um, but nevertheless, you know, they they would say, oh, Todd's on his period, um, you know, as a reference to, to PMS and so forth, uh, which is which is not fair uh, to anyone, but at the same time, about once a month, three or five days, I would have a drastic mood shift. I, I can understand where they, you know, draw the parallels there. Um, Again, not not defending their terminology, but uh, I'd be lying if I didn't say I didn't understand, you know, where they were coming from on it. Because um, that's about that's about what it would be. Um, and like I said, it, it 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 for for generally speaking, no good reason. This is this is how that would work. Like I would just wake up one day uh, and just be in depression mode and would you know, deal with that for, for a few days, like I said, uh, more often than not would cling to it, would just dive headfirst into it, and I think maybe there was a part of me that's like, let's, let's fucking do this, let's get this out of our system so we can go back to being normal, um, or, you know, what I considered normal for me, um, and, you know, that, that, that persisted, you know, throughout the Navy, like, I, you know, in retrospect, I probably should have seen one of the shrinks, uh, in, Retrospect, I'm really glad that, you know, I served during peacetime, um, because even though I know that I never, you know, had any intentions to harm myself or others, it's a little upsetting to think that there might be folks, you know, with live ammunition going through a similar thing that, again, are not, not so lucky, uh, on that front, um. But I came out of, you know, that the other side and, you know, went, you know, moved to Florida and, you know, got a job there. Um, I would be a, a liar if I didn't say that, you know, there weren't some substances consumed uh, whilst in Florida that um, in some circumstances one could, you know, um, perceive as self-medication. Um, in other contexts, you could look at that as, you know, throwing fuel on a fire. Um, funny, funny little thing about weed is, you know, it, it, it makes you feel good while you're, while you're smoking it. Um, but at the same time, it is a depressant. 
uh, you know, and what might make you feel better about your miserable situation for a few moments uh, might chemically actually add to your overall bad time, um, which is not really a thing I considered at the time, um, and it wasn't until a shrink actually, you know, brought that to my attention um, that I kind of put any thought into that um, and worked towards changing my ways there. Um, but, um, you know, throughout all of this, there, there, you know, there were often, it was, like I said, it was generally cyclical. There were points in times where there, there were triggers to where I might be doing fine, but if a thing happened, eh, we're going to flip that switch, um, whether it's time or not. Um, generally speaking, um, it had to do with, uh, finances, um, for most of my life, I have been one broke-ass motherfucker um, for a good chunk of it. Uh, add to just not having money, uh, be, you know, being fairly well in debt uh, for one reason or another, credit cards, student loan, whatever. Um, and not having funds is, you know, a deficiency that will act, act on your, your psyche, um, for sure. Um, the other big one was just loneliness. Um, like I said, for a good chunk of high school, I did not have a girlfriend. Uh, the ladies did not want to have thing one to do with my weirdo ass. Uh, and that, that weighs on a young man's brain. Um, you know, a little later, um, you know, in the college, uh, time frame, uh, you know, had a girlfriend, um, we were very much on again, off again, and when we were off again, that was saddening, um, you know, and then right before I went off to college, uh, during, you know, one of our on again periods, um, you know, she got pregnant with, you know, a daughter, um, which made the off-again periods that followed even harder, um, and added a new trigger to the, to the mix, um, in that, you know, um, while, when I was at college, you know, they were down home, and I didn't see them and miss them, uh, you know, after boot camp, uh, you know, we got married, um, and, not too terribly much longer, you know, we got divorced, and, you know, maybe, again, that's a topic for another time, um, but we did, and with me being in the Navy and them being, you know, in Ohio, uh, anytime I would think about, you know, my daughter and how, you know, I was not there for her, and it, that would, would make me, you know, understandably upset, um, you know, um, and so if at any point any of those sort of three things would, would, you know, surface for any particular reason, there's a real good chance Todd was going to, you know, take a, a little dip down on the, the emotional roller coaster, uh, that I was riding on at the time. Um, and, like I said, by the time I got to Florida, um, things had kind of sort of peaked 
out in terms of that. Um, I was broke and lonely and away from my daughter. I mean, at that point, uh, the situation was such that I had no contact with her at all. Um, the way Ohio um, child support situations work is, you know, I paid child support. It, you know, had, had arrangements for it to come, you know, out of my paycheck. Um, absolutely was, you know, even if that weren't the case, I'd have written the check. Like, I, she, she's my child and I, you know, need to support her. And I... I had to keep the child support agency, uh, you know, up to date on my whereabouts. This is my address. This is how you can reach me. Uh, and, you know, the the ex had to do the same. But if I wanted to find out where uh, my daughter was to get an address to send her something or try and get a phone number to try and call her, they were not allowed to just give me that information. Um and as frustrating as that was for me at the time, I, I understand why that is. Uh, you know, I wanted to reach out for, for good reasons, to, you know, stay connected and help out and be a part of their life. I, I fully understand that there are a lot of, you know, fathers out there that would use that information for not the best purposes, and it's in that, that, that woman and that child's best interest that, you know, dad does not get that info. Uh, like I said, I understand why that is, but... You could ask them, hey, I would like to know this information, and they would then go to the mother and say, hey, he's asking for this, you know, can we give it to him? And they have the option to say yes or no. And if they say yes, then okay, they'll turn around and give me the info. Um, numerous, numerous requests uh, were made over long periods of time, um, none of which resulted in my, you know, getting any means to contact her, so I was completely cut off, um, and as I said, broke, and, um, forming various, uh, less than healthy habits, and without any sort of, uh, companionship, let's say, uh, and, you know, the lows got low, and the, you know, the, the manic periods got a little more manic than were possibly necessary, um, and it w wasn't until, uh, several years into being in Florida that it, it started to become a problem more so than just in my head. Um, I was working as a, as a landscaper, um, and the thing about depression is that um, in a lot of cases for a lot of folks, you you kind of, I don't want to say forget to do certain things, but that there are certain things that are just not a priority for you. Um, in my case, eating was one of those. Uh, I just, I wouldn't be hungry, and I wouldn't want to, whatever, and I just didn't eat. Um, and, like, to the point where I was, you know, not getting enough nutrition, and, like, I'd bend down to rake up some leaves or whatever, and when I, you know, went to stand up, would get all lightheaded and dizzy, uh, and I found that this kept happening, um, and at the time, didn't put the two and two together, just, wow, it's weird, I keep getting lightheaded, I should probably see a doctor, uh, and I went and talked to the doctor, and the doctor, you know, asked me about, you know, 
what are you know what are your eating habits and you know it was kind of those I eat when fed like I don't think about it like yeah I'll eat but you know and he's like okay how's your mood and he kind of pieced together that you my friend seem to be depressed like clinically depressed like diagnosably uh, you know not just bummed out like you know quote unquote normal people but you, you may have yourself a condition that we want to look into. Um, he wrote me a prescription for Zoloft and recommended that I, you know, see, seek therapy, um, which I did, and in talking to, you know, that person who was a uh, what, licensed clinical social worker, I believe is the official title, uh, wasn't actually a psychiatrist or psychologist, was, was a social worker, but knew her stuff. Uh, was trying to help. Um, that's where I first got the diagnosis of, oh, hey, you're bipolar. Um, and it kind of made sense. Like I said, for years I'd been, you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek kidding around about being manic-depressive, and lo and behold, turns out I was right. Um, she referred me to a psychiatrist. Um, for those of you, you know, keeping score at home, psychiatrists are the ones who can write prescriptions. Psychologists are the ones that will actually talk to you about things. Um, psychiatrists will talk to you for that first visit or two, but after that, it's just, let's check your blood work, let's get your script, thank you, have a good day. Uh, at least that's been my experience. Um, but, you know, they kind of verified that's what it was and put me on um, valproic acid, uh, otherwise known as Depakote. It's a, a drug they give to epileptics. Um... But got put on a couple of drugs there, um, and it was basically explained to me that my condition was um, essentially the byproduct of chemical imbalances in my brain that regulate, uh, you know, emotions, um, happiness, sadness, etc. And this still g kills me. They 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 really don't know why the drugs work or how they work. They just know that, you know, we've tried these on people, and people set, people seem to get benefit from them. Um, and because we don't know how any of these drugs actually work, um, we're going to try this, and we'll see how it goes. And if it doesn't work, we can try something else. And we can kind of go through a variety of cocktails until we find something that seems to be working for you. Um, I mean, it turns out that the first two things they put me on is the the... the you know, the the custom blend that I ended up with the whole time. I didn't really try a whole bunch of different things because it seemed to seemed to work. Like, the Zoloft kept me from getting too super bumped. Um, you know, um, the Depakote kind of, you know, eased the, the, the mania end of it. Um, and again, it's kind of hard to describe to someone who's not experienced and felt the how how you know these conditions are and how the the drugs can impact you but it kind of if you you sort of picture you know uh I'm going to go all mathy on you but like a sine wave where it goes up and down and up and down um the drugs don't stop it from being a wave it doesn't turn you into a flat line but it makes it so that the peaks aren't quite so high and the lows aren't quite so low it kind of flattens that waveform out uh, in terms of your, your mood. 
And the way that feels is, I, I don't want to oversimplify it and make it seem like I was walking around, you know, completely numb like a zombie, but you you experience and sense things at a diminished level on both sides. Um, and it's a little, little weird. Um, it's one of those things to where if that is what's needed for you to, you know, be safe and healthy um, and generally happy, absolutely do like the doctors say. Um, for me, it was a, it was it was a bit much. Um, I tend to think that I was maybe a little overdiagnosed, that I may you know be bipolar, but I'm not quite that bipolar, if that makes any sense. Uh, I kind of feel like I might, was probably a little over-medicated. Um, I mean, such to the point, and I'll, I'll sort of skip ahead a little bit here because I'm getting, getting close to home. Um, when I eventually left Florida um, to come back to Ohio, um, you know, I did so without employment or insurance or any of those sorts of things. And so the stash of... Zoloft and Depakote that I had stashed in my bag when I left was the last of it that I figured I was going to, you know, get. Again, not having insurance or a job was going to make, you know, getting refills a little tricky. And so um, knowing that those drugs are the kind that you have to, you know, sort of start on slowly and build up in your system, and you also need to, you know, wean yourself off of them, I immediately started that plan. Um... And since I've done so, I have not had those drugs since, and I seem to be doing just fine. Um, I attribute, uh, you know, a a large portion of that to being in an environment uh, where my initially my family, uh, and then my friends, and then once again uh, with Abby, my family provided a very loving, supporting um, support structure um, for me. Um, I've also managed to, you know, eliminate or reduce most of my triggers for depression. Uh, you know, I I now am in communication with my daughter. You know, we, we, we don't talk as often as I would like, but that's you know, probably on me as much as anything, but I can pick up a phone and call her, and I know that I can, and and that makes all the difference. Uh, you know, I've got, uh, you know, a wonderful wife and, you know, three daughters, um, and so, you know, the loneliness piece is no longer, uh, you know, a trigger. Um, and I'm not, you know, rolling in dough, but I'm doing pretty okay for myself. I, I'm no longer, you know in a paycheck-to-paycheck paycheck type situation, um, and that security also kind of takes away, you know, from that. I mean, that's not to say, oh, I'm cured, or, oh, I never get bummed, but it's nowhere near where it used to be on that that end. Um, on the manic side, I mean, I'm still kind of wacky um, most of the time. Um, I think that if there's anything where the mania still manifests, it tends to be when I'm stressed, um, like at work, I'll get, you know, sort of aggro, because that's the other, like, 
Mania is one of like depression is depression. Like you're you're bummed, you're sad, you're you're slothful, you're you're you know you're not having a good time. Mania can kind of swing one way or the other. You can be all wacky, crazy, you know, happy go lucky, bouncing off the walls, or you can be you know aggro ranty man, you know, grump of the century, and you know be screaming and hollering at clouds. And I I'd say you know occasionally. That will rear its head. Um, goodness knows, you know. Abby and the girls can attest to Grumpy Todd uh, coming out of the cave every now and again. Um, you know, um, but it's fairly minor. It's fairly minimal. And I, again, I'm, I'm hesitant to say that you know I'm over it or that you know I've been cured because you know. Bipolar is not a thing. It's not really a phase. It's not a thing that's cured. It's 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 a, if someone's suffering from that, that's a part of them. Um, like I said, I tend to think it's more a matter of, you know, I am just in a better situation and don't feel it as much as I you know once did. Um, and like I said, I've got you know a lot of a lot of folks around me that you know love and support me. And kind of keep keep things from from taking a dive. Um, and again, I'm I'm a I'm a lucky fella, you know, for that. Um, there are a lot of folks in this world that you know don't have that going on. Um, and if you happen to know one, um, you should reach out and try and help. Um, you know, if you know anyone who who suffers with you know depression or or, or bipolar. Or, or really any sort of, you know, mental uh, difficulties, you should, you should try and help those, those folks out um, because they, they really, really do need it. Um, like I said, I, I can speak to that from experience, and I can also speak to that from the experience of someone who's, who's had folks help, and it, it really does, you know, make a difference and, and matter. Um, so, um, that was maybe not the most fun podcast we've had to date, um, but I I felt like it was probably an important story to tell, um, I feel like it's an important topic, uh, to discuss, and so, you know, we've done that, and, and, you know, we can talk about, you know, other things that have happened, you know, things that I've caught on fire or, or broken or <laughs> other ridiculous acts um, that have taken place. And, you know, there's, like I said, some of, some of this stuff I've talked about here today is, is kind of an underlying silent theme that sort of, you know, is woven throughout some of these stories. Um, and, and maybe that's, you know, useful useful background for you, um, in the context of what I'm, I'm talking about, um, but, you know, if there is a moral of the story, it's that, um, for anyone out there who has, uh, you know, some, some mental concerns of their own, um, things can be okay, things can get better, um, you know, seek help, um, surround yourself with people that will help you and not, try and tear you down, uh, you know, and you can, you can get through this, uh, for those of you who, who don't, uh, who are lucky enough to not have, you know, those concerns yourself, 
you know, like I said, do what you can to try and, you know, help folks out. Um, and we'll, you know, everybody will, will be better off for it. So I'm about to pull back into my uh, parking spot here at the house. Um, I would like to thank you all for joining me. And uh, everybody have yourselves uh, a good one. And that's it.